Welcome back, peeps, to Perfect.dev, where we give you cats the freshest dose of dev snacks. Now with your amazing hosts, Alex Patterson and Brittany Postma. This episode is sponsored by Builder.io, visually build on your tech stack. Hello, hello, welcome back, peeps. Hello. Brittany, what is our show all about today, since you're a Svelte fan? Our show today is all about routes for Svelte with Routeify, and I'm definitely a Svelte fan. Like, love all the Svelte stuff. I think you got it like going in your veins now. Like, I, it's probably it's intense. I don't oh, know. I, I found out they have a beer that's not made by the Svelte people, but it's called Svelte, and it looks like the same writing as the logo. And I need to try it now. That's awesome. So welcome our guests, um, Jake and Willow. Do you mind introducing yourself? Um, yeah, sure. Thanks for having us. Um, I guess I'll go first then. Um, I'm Jake, and I've been uh, working on Redify for the last few years uh, in my spare time, uh, one of my open source projects. Um, and when I'm not working open source, I work as a subcontractor for a company called Bicom. Nice. Um, are you are you writing like the same language there? Yeah, that's nice. uh, purely Node at the moment. Cool, that's awesome. Oh, cool. How about you, Willow? Can you give us a little background? Yeah, hi, I'm I'm Willow, uh, also known as Ghost. I just do open source work and freelancing. I should have put up your like G uh, logo so people recognize <laughs> it. I'll have to yeah. I'll have to dig up like your website. It's, it's and... on our yeah. thumbnail. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. on our cover, isn't it? It's like <laughs> it is. a donut. The thumbnail that's sometimes working, sometimes <laughs> not. Oh man, it's it's been fun between uh, YouTube messing up our Twitter streams and Notion fun, and it's it's been a good time. Anyways, so let's let's dive into uh, uh, Routeify a little bit. Um, like, why did you get started on Routeify? First of all, um, it started back in the days of uh, when we had Sapper as a framework for uh, Svelte and. I had some issues with Sapper, uh, technical issues that I was trying to work around. One of them was that um, Sapper was primarily a uh, server-first framework, whereas I was only focused on uh, single-page applications. Um, so I decided to just uh, do a quick file router, and I wrote that in a couple of days, I think, called Svelte File Router, and it got a lot of traction all of a sudden. And from there, we changed into Routify, and then it kind of became its own thing with its own community. And then we've been taking it from there ever since. So Has there been... Go ahead. Sorry, Sapper, for those that don't know, it was the framework before SvelteKit came around. Exactly, and it yeah. was kind of a static generator and also server-side rendered application. You had the ability to like do different kind of hybrid things well not hybrid but you could server-side render or you could statically generate so you found problems with like how the routing worked in sapper itself um one of the issues i had was uh my uh in vs code where it's running it it would start rebuilding uh, first it would take half a second then a bit later it would take two seconds then five seconds then 10 seconds and then i have to restart the whole thing and i kept having to do it all over and over and at that point, I'd already fallen in love with the file routing of Sapper, which is a bit ironic because I've always sworn that I'd never use a file router because I thought it was too restrictive. But after trying it, I had to have it. So 
I had then had to write my own uh, file router to get it working. So that's a good point that Routify is a file-based routing system, right? Yes. Okay. So how would like a person not on kind of this felt no, um, I know like Sapper and Svelte were very tightly tied and then now we have this new things felt kit. What, how does that all like line up with, uh, kind of how Routify fits into the picture now? Um, you, you can use Routify uh, on its own without SvelteKit. Um, I've had some uh, requests from uh, people from Amazon who were looking to uh, use it in their stack where they couldn't just buy into a new framework because they had to um, keep what they already had in their code base. Um, so for people who just need a router that they can plug into their existing, existing system, um, Routify works for that. Or even if you're using SvelteKit, you can drop Routify into it to kind of supercharge certain aspects. Um, there are some trade-offs, of course, because uh, Kit has some focuses um, and Routify has some other focuses. And kind of not one is necessarily better than the other, but they cater to different people. I'd say um, if SvelteKit was a Mac, uh, Routify would be Linux. Um, <laughs> It, it kind of depends on what you're looking for. So does that mean that the Linux users are more like you can customize it how you want? Is exactly. that the feeling of that? Okay. Um, for anyone who's been working with a framework where you at some point end up working against the framework because there's some restrictions to what you can do and you start wondering, is this the best choice? If, if you run into a situation like that, I'd say, that's one of the purposes of Routify. Like you rarely hear us say that, oh, you're using it wrong. Um, this is not how you're supposed to use that. We try to work with you and find a solution for that use case. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Think. And you said that you have like people asking you to do certain things with it. Does that mean that it's just with Svelte? Can you use it outside of Svelte at all? Uh, you can only use it inside Svelte. Um, okay. But there has been requested in the past to make it work outside of Svelte, but I don't know if that's worth it at this point. That makes sense. Can you talk a little bit more and expand on what the difference is between, like, you, you said that it's like customize it and do whatever you want with it, but, but what exactly is it the difference between Svelte Kit's routing and Routify's routing? Um, for instance, uh, if, if you want to have dynamic routes, uh, not just where you have dynamic parameters, but you want to create your own routes uh, on the fly, you can do that kind of the same way you create uh, new nodes in your DOM. Uh, we have that, and then there's stuff like um, metadata, where each route or each page, or even a folder for that matter, is a node in the Routify tree. And each tree has its own metadata that you can use to customize uh, anything from logic to what's shown on the page. And you can even populate uh, metadata at build time uh, to save API requests. How does that differ the, from, sorry, how does that differ from Svelthead? Uh, to be honest, I haven't followed uh, SvelteKit or Svelte much in the last couple of months. There's been a lot of uh, life taken over, but I'm kind of getting back to it here in the last couple of weeks. Um, but for Svelte head, did you say? Yeah. 
Um, it's like a way to inject content into the head. I think it's a, yeah. a regular spelt thing. It's not even um, like spelt kit, but it allows you to like inject metadata and things into the head. Yeah, um, just to clarify that, because I didn't mention that um, metadata is available uh, at all time. Um, that means that you don't have to load the page to access the metadata. You can even if you had a, uh, let's say you had a documentation site and you're working on different markdown files for your documentation, you could create a little meta tag for each page uh, where you write down the status of that page. Is it draft? Is it published? Uh, and then at runtime, you can tell uh, Routify to filter only the published pages. And that way you can use metadata as your own logic. It's not like the metadata in a browser where you have like a bunch of tags oh, yeah, that, that tell other sites about your um, your website. It's more like um, adding information about a route to it, and then oh, you can okay. like don't add, you can add that at build time. You can add that at runtime. So I think I've used it before to like uh, when I've done like generated navigation, where I have a bunch of routes and my navigation is generated based on my file structure, so I don't have to do it. Ma like manually I had um, like an icon property on the route and that would allow me to use font awesome without having to manually add that to the navigation that's interesting I, I feel like I did some stuff with front matter and Hugo that kind of did some similar things to that that's pretty cool yeah mm -hmm. it's kind of like front matter yeah if you go on uh, Routify 3 or Ratify 2, for that matter, the website, you had it open uh, a little while back. Um, all yeah. the navigational links there are generated um, based on the file structure. And there you can then, for instance, if you have uh, a title of a uh, navigation link that you want to change, you can change that in the metadata and then use your own logic. For instance, you could add uh, internationalization for uh, your links if you wanted through metadata. Is there a way to show that on screen? And is that part of the um, beta three? If you go to uh, docs, there should be an example of what it looks like. Um, is that this one? Uh, no, uh, that's something we've deprecated in uh, Verify three, or maybe it's in guide. I haven't been on uh, Verify two for a while. Hang on, I'll just uh, have a look here. So while while Jake's looking, um, kind of the idea behind this is is it still like if you have a GitHub repo, let's say, with a bunch of Markdown files, this is kind of a good way to set up Svelte to use those? Is is that still true? Yeah, that's very true. Okay, um, that's kind of how we do everything. Almost uh, the the pages or the sites I've been working on have almost exclusively been uh, Markdown. Do you use just regular Markdown, or do you use something like MD Specs with that? Uh, I think I use MD Specs. And I can't remember not using that. Sorry. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, like MD Specs is kind of the felt translation of MDX, which is the React um, Markdown, where you can use React components inside of it. So you can use felt components along with your Markdown. It's a good way to make interactive documentation. So that's why I was asking about that. And you kind of mentioned a little bit about the uh, Routify 3, and that is currently in public beta, right? You want to tell us a little bit about that? 
Sorry, could you repeat that last bit? Um, Routeify 3 being in public beta, you want to tell us a little bit about Routeify 3? Um, yeah, like, uh, we had uh, Routeify 2 um, out the door working, and I was trying to figure, um, was there any reason to continue uh, the development of Routeify now that we have SwiftKit? Um, so for half a year, I was kind of just maintaining Routeify to see um, what was going on in the SwiftKit world, and then I think around February or March last year, uh, I decided that there's enough room um, for Routeify and SvelteKit to do their own thing uh, mm -hmm. without having two flavors of the same product. And I think we have managed to differentiate ourselves very well from uh, from SvelteKit. I like that too. And I think that it corrects me if I'm wrong, but you can use Routeify with SvelteKit too, right? Exactly, yeah. So yeah, so it doesn't even matter. Like you can still use SvelteKit and get all the benefits of SvelteKit. Like it's got a lot of things that it gives you out of the box and then you can add Routeify on top of that if you need more customization with those routes. So I, there's definitely room for both in that space. Does SvelteKit uh, provide a, a markdown um, like loader as well? No. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. So um, Marked is one I use and then I use MD specs too. What did you say, Willow? I said if you're writing like markdown files, it's probably like best to use MD specs because it's a preprocessor. It's exactly like writing a Svelte file. You can have it as a route. You can use it wherever you would use a Svelte file normally. Yeah. Even if you don't even use like, um, even if you just use regular markdown inside it, I think it's still probably the best. I agree with so that too. I, go ahead. I have another thought here. Sorry. Um, on the Verify 3 page, if you go onto that, yep. um, if you click the docs link there in the middle and then click docs again, uh, that's another example of a site built with Verify um, where all the links are created by uh, the file structure. And all the pages are then inlined in a single page uh, instead of individually. Uh, and, and that's another thing you can do with Verify. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. And another feature, I can't remember if I mentioned that, is you can have multiple router instances. Uh, for our example here, we use uh, multiple routers inside uh, the Routeify instance to show the different examples. So if you click an example, uh, any of the examples you scroll by there, uh, if you go back up, I think, that will show your browser inside the browser. Uh, scroll down a bit. That's crazy. That is. Uh, and there you have the browser with the links. So you can click uh, post or movie, and it will show the address in the bar above. Yeah. So is, like this isn't iframing or anything. Is it just pulling in like a Svelte component and loads it? Yeah, and and even the code you see there is the actual code. So if you change the code uh, on the server, it will reflect the example. So that's a one to one. Nice. I don't know if I. It doesn't look like I. I, can I don't think anything. that's editable. I think he said on the server. So oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Nice. That's really cool. That gives a, a lot of customization to the way that you use your routes, right? 
And that's kind of yeah. the purpose of Routeify is to like allow you that customization that you need, like to make your routes as specific as you need them. Yes, I, I can't think of any other way to do what we did with the Routeify tree site. Um, there might be ways to do it in React, but I'm terrible with, with React, so I wouldn't even know where to start. Awesome. Um, what are some of the differences between Routeify 2 and Routeify 3? What was improved? What changed? Um, multiple routers uh, that you can have several instances. That's one of the biggest features. Um, and that's one of the justifications for creating a Routeify 3 because there was no other alternative if that was something you needed, like we did for the documentation page here. Um, and then also it's a complete rewrite that's uh, focused a lot more on modularity and plugins, whereas Redify 2 was, um, it was written out of necessity where what I needed first and foremost uh, was what I did first. And then down the road, I figured this could be engineered a lot better. And that's where Redify 3 came in. And I decided to write everything from scratch and organize it a lot better than it was before. I'm kind of curious, um, just looking at this docs page, if if I is there a GitHub repo for the actual docs we could take a peek at just to kind of? Uh, yeah, if you go on uh, Routeify, uh, I think it's GitHub and then Roxness slash Routeify. I can send you a link here if you want. Is this oh, the, I think we got it. I think, this I, is... I think the docs is still under its own repo. Oh, yes, sorry. Um, uh, go on the Roxness org. We look right. Uh, has its own, it's called V3 Redfight Dev. I can send a link here. Is it this one? Yeah, that's the doc site. And yeah. So if you go into source there, you'll see um, the whole structure on the routes. So our, our kind of top level at this is this index, correct? Well, for those of you who use, use FeltKit, under, uh, underscore module is um, the same as underscore layout in FeltKit. Um, it's renamed because um, the module can do quite a lot more, like it can have logic. It's not just like the layout of your site. It has like logic in and all these different things. So we renamed it. This is a way. very interesting thing. So you chose to name it underscore module. They were actually just yeah. debating this with FeltKit yeah. if they should rename sections. underscore layout. Yeah, I think they decided on doing like sections. Which well, is no, really I think they idea. decided not to do it at all. Nope, they were really? going to do sections and then they changed their minds. Yeah. I was oh. thinking about section as well last year. Really? <laughs> I, 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 there's, a, uh, there's a hello from Bogak Govan. I hope I'm getting that name right. I'm sure you guys might know. Yeah, Sorry, um, I, we I put up a fuss. We put up a fuss about. Uh, underscore sections a couple of us in the spelt society channel were like we don't really love that name we're so used to layout yeah. from sapper but i mean module it was kind of makes sense when jake first mentioned it to me i was like what <laughs> like why i'm so used to this why do you have to change things yeah then i got I a lot of resistance for that <laughs> not just from willow nobody liked it um but one of the reasons get used was, to it, right? Yeah. Um, one of the reasons was that every time uh, I had to explain something in Discord about how you could handle the logic, I always told people to think of layout as a module instead. And the second I tell them to think of it as a module instead of a layout, 
it's like everything falls into place, and then I figured it might just be better to call it module and avoid the confusion. That awesome. does make sense. That's why I liked that because I was like that. I mean, we think of like packages as modules, and I I actually use like props and spelt with that same example. Like if we want to let a prop be used by something else, we export it just like a module. So we uh, import and export, and I love that visual. So that kind of did the same thing for me <laughs> with the nice. Routify thing. Hey, and we're we going to pause one quick yeah. minute to hit our advertiser, Builder.io. Today's podcast is brought to you by Builder.io, visually building the web. Builder.io has one of the most powerful visual editors in the industry. Unlike other tools, Builder actually produces the code for you. You don't have to completely switch out your framework either. Just use one of the handy SDKs that are available. There's no limits to what you can build. Instead of limiting your marketing team, start to optimize and let them do the work. This will allow your web developers to get back to the hard work that it takes for other components, allowing your team to do A-B testing and personalization. Stop worrying about bugs in production. Just use the site as it is, then you can analyze and start converting all of your customers with Builder's built-in heat maps. Stop limiting your growth with developers' long lead times. Start building, optimizing, analyzing, and start growing faster. Don't take my word for it. You can sign up for free today and start building the web visually with Builder.io. Welcome back. I, I have to ask your, your opinion since you're all svelte people. Um, we, have, we have this product called Mitosis at Builder.io. And it's come up a few times, like, can, can it produce felt? And it can produce anything. But I, I told Brittany about this, and um, she's, I was like, you, you can just write JSX, and it'll produce anything. She's like, bah, JSX. Uh, I, need, I need some other people to tell me, does everyone hate JSX in this felt community? No. <laughs> I, I don't hate it. Um, I, I, I don't Strong hate dislike. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, I think it's weird. I, I, I don't, I don't hate it. Like, I've used it before, not too much, but I definitely prefer templating. Okay, I was just kind of curious. Like, it's, it's interesting when you're like using mitosis because it's just defining something that produces other things. And I was like, really? I think I said reaction this. Reaction was really hard. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I have this like really gut like wrenching reaction to JSX. But I, if I say this, I think I've said this before, it makes me switch in my brain from like HTML to JavaScript and it's JavaScript that you're writing. And so like the templating that it uses, and I know it's not a templating language, but when you're writing like a map or something, it, you have to do it in a specific way. You can't write like just JavaScript. You have to know how to do it. Like you have to write the and, and, or, you have oh. to do it with a ternary and you can't write if this, which is like spelt, you just write a templating block and you say, if this, else this, like it's just English. So it just, it's kind of like Python for me too, it was very straightforward because it was like writing English. So I feel like spelt brings me to that vanilla HTML, CSS and JavaScript and splits them up to where I don't have to switch in my brain. <laughs> So on, on that um, example, like the if else piece, does that just get compiled out or is there like a function that still runs the two different HTML snippets? Anybody else want to answer this? <laughs> Sorry, it's I'm quizzing on spell. I just don't know enough. 
Sorry, ask that again. Sorry. It's just an if. It's, it's, it's yeah. It's it's interesting. Um, on this felt report, it actually shows you the compiled output, and like a big thing when debugging problems like the bugs with Stout is just looking at the compiled output because it's really simple, and it's quite like once you've read it a few times, you start to understand. So it's not bad if you want to like just play around with the what happens when you do this and when you do this. It's really interesting. Yeah, I can always go into what are the little snippets called? Uh, the the runtime. Ripple. Yes, the the yeah. ripples. Yeah. Ripples, <laughs> rubbles. Oh. Anyways, sorry, I've completely sidetracked the whole Ratify conversation. So, no um, so, so like for me, this looks like an amazing way to create um, all of like a doc setup for Svelte. Can this also be used, or would it be used like in a production application for uh, like Brittany's Granger group? Um, like, would it be used in that context, or is it like primarily used for documentation? Um, no, it, it's definitely not primarily used for documentation. That's just what I've been using it for so far. Okay. Um, but I know, uh, like the people at Bodybase used it um, for a fairly large project, and yet, in, in fact. The only people I can think of who's been using it for uh, documentation is us. Uh, everybody <laughs> else has been using it for uh, uh, bigger projects. So I, I would imagine, like, you couldn't use it with a CMS because of the file structure, or is that not true? Uh, you can, and it has been used for uh, CMS, especially because you can uh, create routes dynamically, uh, kind of like you create the DOM nodes in HTML. That's pretty yeah. cool. What are some of the use cases for it? So you mentioned a couple companies that use it, but what are they using it for? Um, you'd have to look up BuddyBase then, B-U-D-I uh, base, because I can't remember exactly. I think uh, they do, um, what's it called? Let's see here. BuddyBase is an application builder. I don't know if they still use it, but I think they did. They, they use Kit uh, on their production site, and then their community site uses Routified, uh, the bundle you load or download if you want to make your own thing, as far as I recall. It's been a while. Okay. So with the, I, I think I'm starting to like piece it together if I like use Gatsby or something like that for an example. Um, it, it seems like they build static sites with the dynamic API. Can it call out to like data endpoints then and still produce a page? Yes. Easily, that's awesome. So, how, where does where does that actually run? Because my understanding of Svelte, and again, this is different probably than Routeify, um, is that it's pre-compiled, right? So, how do you how do you like create? Is it just a template that's sitting there, and when the API like hits it, it knows how to produce HTML back out? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, um, and there are two ways to do it in Routeify three. Um, one way is to just uh, create your site like you create any other and fetch the API data in real time. And then you also have a preload function now where you can uh, pull the data in at build time. So if you have a, for instance, a very large API where you have to make a million requests for a site build, you could do that uh, just at build time. And then once that's done, you don't have to do it again. So it actually has kind of like Next.js has like incremental static rebuild. What, what kind of. What's that? Regeneration. Regeneration, yes. 
Um, so is it that same kind of concept? If I run like my blog and I only want the first hundred pages for like Svelte to create, this can kind of pick up after that and continue yeah. to build out. So, yeah. it's, so there must be a server somewhere or like a Lambda that has to be sitting there to produce that other side. Yeah. You need to provide your own server if you want to do that, um, dynamically. Okay. Otherwise it just happens uh, when you build. That's pretty cool. So is there, uh, like a a Docker image or anything like that that sets that up for you? No, well, we have uh, talked about in the past if we should create a Docker image um, to I get think, things started easier. For I some think people. There, there is. So we have we had a, um, a CLI called Stack Mix, which allows you to like build your own template, so you can select the bundler and you can select a bunch of little different stacks and stuff. It's just for like it's kind of like for those of you who know Svelte ads, it's kind of like that. But um, you have to do it when you generate the template, um, and that has a Docker image in it. But I don't believe it's maintained. No, but I think um... I think a lot of people using Docker can will be allowed to do it anyway. And it's just like there's no difference between running Routify and running SvelteKit builds. You're still using Veek, most likely. You can just build your site usually, and so any Svelte Svelte V image or roll up or whatever bundle you want to use, really, it's just going to work fine. That was one of the questions I had is when it switched from two to three, was there like a switch from using just roll up to like using V2? Were there any issues with that? Well, we don't push on like we like we push feet, but we don't, it's not, you're not tied into feet because Routify can run anywhere Svelte runs. Okay. So we've seen people use Webpack. We've seen Rollup because our templates used to be Rollup. Um, I don't think we've seen people. We we used to support Snowpack, um, like have an official thing for it. But I don't. We don't don't ever do that anymore. Yeah. We did uh, get a question that came in. Um, can Routify build a spa as well? Uh, yeah, that was the primary purpose of it. Is is SPA plus? We have tools to build. To SSR and um, and uh, our SSR tool it uses JSTOM. So unlike those of you who use SvelteKit, you don't have to deal with like wrapping everything in if browser because it's mm. always whether it's built on the server or built or running on the client, it's always going to have a browser context, which is why which is one of the reasons I lo- love the our SSR tools because. I'm building a website and we I want to use the browser APIs regardless of whether I'm rendering the server or rendering on a browser. Wow, that that like unhatches something in my brain like if it's always got a browser context or is it like I don't know in V8 style to build a page then like I, help me help me understand that if there's no server. So so if if you're if you're building an, an if you like doing SSR that's on the server right? Um, but we use JSDOM, which is kind of like huh. a simulated DOM API. So gotcha. you still have access to like local storage window, etc. Um, I think I don't know the benefits of. I think it's called native SSR, which is what SvelteKit uses. I think it's usually speed. Um, but we've been exploring another package alternative to JSDOM called Happy DOM, and I can't remember what the issue with that was. That means we can't use it yet, but it's significantly faster. Oh yeah, they, we were lacking uh, dynamic imports. Uh, that was the last obstacle. And once that's in place, and it could be in place now because I haven't been checked checking out it for a while. Um, but once that's there, we should have some really good SSR for Routify. Yeah, 
That's pretty wild. That's awesome. Uh, that's, that's one of the yeah. one of the that's one of the bigger differences as well between uh, Redify and Kid, where Kid has um, a very strong focus on having a complete product that takes care of everything. Um, Redify just takes care of routing, and then we have uh, separate tools that take care of server-side rendering and search uh, indexing, things like that. Yeah. But they're not built into Redify. They're universal tools that you could use with uh, React or Vue or whatever you have. That's actually one of the things we love about the Jamstack and that we talk about quite often is that it's nice to have all these best in class tools. It's kind of hard to link them all together. And it's very hard to do one tool that does everything for you. So you can't do everything great. So it's nice to have like some other choices here and there. Yeah. I like that. When we were looking at the GitHub repo, I saw that the, it has the used who's using Routify, if we could pull that back up. And then it talks about the maintainers. And I wanted to ask, I know uh, JQ created Routify and Willow helps maintain it, but how many people are actually working on it actively right now? Right now it's uh, just me and Willow. Um, Redify 2 had a lot of people involved, uh, especially with documentation, websites, stuff like that. Some very, very clever people like Dominic and Rixo and like we had help from, I think Wolfid is like, Wolfid is the, does the website did the website design um and there's so many other people we, we got uh, brady fractal he's around sometimes who did our bubble popping on the siren site yes. <laughs> well willow implemented the bubble popping brady did the sound for the yeah. bubble popping who else have we got who's on the team i think we uh, any, some of you might know Alice. Quite a few it. of the people I recognize from the Svelte community. So, yeah, yeah. Tiger is in there. Yep. Cool. Awesome. So is there anything that we've missed from, like, going from Routify 2 to 3, what the benefits are, anything else you want to share about Routify? Um, I can't remember if I mentioned it, um, but Routify 2 only works with JS DOM for server-side rendering, whereas Redify 3 has native SSR as well. So you can uh, put it inside of Svelkit and use uh, native SSR uh, with everything that entails, or you can, once we get the new tools out, you can use it like you did with Redify 2 and not have to write any uh, SSR code. It just works as it is, um, but we're not quite there yet, so no. We we wanted. I think I pushed quite heavily for Routify and Svelkit for a while, um, and I think the conclusion we ended up coming to was more like, if you're using Svelkit, keep using Svelkit until you have a need for Routify. And if you if you really want to add into Svelkit, you can. We want to provide that option. We want Routify to be as flexible as it can. Um, I'd probably recommend not adding it to Svelkit unless you need it. Um, because while like, I think the DX of Routify is like really good, it adds extra JavaScript, which might end up hurting your application more than benefiting it. Um, but like, you can use Routify in its own, you can use it in Svelkit, you can use it like, print, I think wherever you want really. So you would recommend running like the dgit command to get like the original Svelte compiler and not running Svelte kit to use it? I would, 
I would recommend using RCLI to generate a template or using the Vite to generate oh, a template. Let's talk not about using the CLI. Them. We didn't even talk about the CLI. I didn't even know there was a CLI. So There's many. There's one built into Raspberry 2. There's one built into Raspberry 3. There's StackMix. And then there's NPM Raspberry in it. No, NPM init Raspberry. That doesn't support Raspberry 2 yet, so that's why it's not announced. I haven't got around to finishing it yet. But that's like the new one. Awesome. And that's that's kind of like this felt kit command. So it would just a new, yeah. new Routify project. I, I, I got heavily inspired by this felt kit. So there's like, um, you can select by like a demo project or like a skeleton project. And then I'm trying to make it so you can like add TypeScript and add, add other things as well. Awesome. That's, that's um, pretty cool. I'll second uh, Willow there and say um, if, if you don't need if you don't know if you need Routify, you probably don't. Um, if you you get that feeling of hitting a wall at some point where like I I can't work through this right now. What can I do? That's where Routify comes in. Um, like personally, I tend to start out with Svelte if I'm doing any quick project, and sometimes I know in advance if I know Routify or not. If I need Routify or not, other times. I find out a week into the project, um, I need to ratify here. And it's a very painless experience because you pretty much just install ratify and then move your routes into a different folder and that's it almost. Great. Yeah, it seems super easy to get started with. Um, I, th I think we've kind of covered a lot of it. I think what we're going to do now is jump over to our perfect picks Brittany's going to go first, and if you guys have, like, any additionals, just throw them in our private chat, and I'll throw them on screen. So um, here is Brittany's first pick. Awesome. I think this is Severance. It doesn't even say the name of it there. It yeah. So <laughs> this show, like, confused my husband, and he was not into it for the first few episodes. And I will admit that it is slow going. Like, for one or two episodes, there's a lot of, like, buildup. But... I am completely hooked now and need more than one episode a week. I, we caught up to it with like the first, like, I think we had three or five episodes and we watched through those. And then now it's once a week. And we were like, I need to know what happens. <laughs> like they leave cliffhangers. Like, is it, really is it like too crazy? Like, is it out there? It's kind of out there, but okay. we don't really know what's happening yet. So we yeah, don't know okay. how out there it really is. This is summer um, what does it compare to? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, the office in a trippy way. Yeah, they work in an office. And so the idea behind the show without ruining anything for anyone is that they have severed their brains between like their home life and their work life. So when you go uh -huh. into work, you have no knowledge of your outside self at all. Which I think is just, that's how we work now. So it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's just like, and it's like, they're trying to figure out pieces of like what their outside self is like and why they're making these decisions. And it's, it's really interesting. I think Ben Affleck did a similar movie called Paycheck. Paycheck? Oh, well, Paycheck was, was like his mind got erased though at one point. Yeah. He was always, he was always trying to like, backward and like engineer stuff and then um they would erase his mind so he'd like not know it and it, it became a mess but more of an action movie for sure i'm gonna jump to your next one Britt. it's yeah Netlify's absolutely. blog 
Yeah. Um, maybe I should have actually plugged my GitPod podcast that I did with them on developer experience. But this is a post by Sarah Drasner. She wrote back in January when she was, I think she might have been still at Netlify at that point. She's moved on to Google now. But she wrote this post and they have this great idea of developer experience at Netlify where their engineers actually go onto different teams for a little while so that they're able to get empathy for the teams and how they use like the API and how they create the product. And then you get empathy for the end user. And it just allows this better creation of the tool, which, I mean, I really enjoy using Netlify. So I think they do a great job of building it. And I love that empathy aspect. Yeah, that's cool. I need this article. The, the whole <laughs> dev advocacy thing is yes, interesting. Yes, this will help. <laughs> cool. Um, my first and only pick today, because I didn't get a fun one, is this open source alternative to, and I'm always looking at like, obviously for open source projects and things that kind of compare. A lot of times you'll find things like this and they're like, oh, it's, it's one-to-one the same. Like, uh, I don't know, terrible example, but like GIMP and Photoshop or something like that. It's not comparable, but, um, a lot of these, they try to compare it. Like there's a lot of good things in here. So you can you can break them down by category and jump into it. Um, so there's there's items in here for like analytics to separate you from Google Analytics and all kinds of stuff in here. So check out uh, open source alternative dot two. I thought it was pretty cool. That is pretty awesome. I love Wi- free Willow stuff. added one. So let me pop that in. Willow, do you want to talk about Tari? Yeah, so Tauri is the Rust-based um, way of turning your web application into a desktop application, and I love it. I, I've just been playing around with it. I'm working on a blog post at the moment of how to use it with SvelteKit, and that should be out sometime next week. Um, it's great because it's, it's, you can I go up, I can get up and running like five minutes. Um, has in, I don't know who, who's seen um, macOS Web by Peru. Oh yeah. yeah, pop it in the chat um, if you want to put it up on screen. Yeah, sure. But um, it's I, really I, I, yeah, just out of curiosity, I wanted to see how long it would turn, take me to turn it into a desktop app. I think about three minutes. I installed the Tari CLI, I ran Tari in it, and then I ran the dev command, and I was done. Wow, it's amazing. Um, wow, so, yeah, that's crazy. Great. Yeah. It looks like they have uh, a lot of plans coming up as well. Yeah, they're they're on their release candidates now, so hopefully we'll have like a 1.0 soon. That's so really you cool. can turn any like web application into a desktop application. Yes, and they also have like um, you can do stuff. Um, you can, well, so you can code in Rust as well, um, but you, there's also got like. Uh, built-in things like if you want to do file system operations and stuff they've got that built in well they've got a bunch of tools for like generating icons for your app and stuff and it's just great so this the the kind of comparison would be like electron maybe yes um electrons node-based um and mm. uh it's, it's great it's like it powers so many things like discord right yeah. Slack, um, and vs code vs code, <laughs> code yeah um but it's slow it's big um it doesn't support ESM properly. Um, all these things. And also it's not Rust based. <laughs> Rust is cool. <laughs> I like that. Cool. 
It's definitely hot right now. It's like one of those topics that just keeps going like crazy. Yeah. Jake, I, I forgot yours. Do you have one that I should show on screen? Uh, I, I can't really think of anything now. Um, okay, no worries. The after the show, because that's <laughs> it's all good. Disney. I think we're cool. Um, awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for coming on and talking all about Routify. And uh, I hope to see version three soon. You might have to come back on and show us how it works. Yeah. Oh, we'd love to. Awesome. Great. great to have you. Thanks. Later. Thanks for having us. Alex, are you okay? <laughs>